0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands, And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. (laughs) Oh, hey chickens, Uh, welcome back to another week of Matt's Missive, Um, as we tag our run-up to the uh, huge Doctor Who 60th anniversary uh, episodes. Um, If you are listening on the regular feed, uh, this will probably be, like, that'll be two weeks away. Uh, But here on Patreon, we've still got another three weeks. (laughs) Um, It's weird. I feel like I'm talking to different timelines. Uh, Anyway, Matt missive continues into season five uh, and he says, The 11th hour. How exactly do you follow David Tennant in his defining role in Doctor Who? With Matt Smith, it turns out. (laughs) And what a great opener. It's fun, fast-paced, and it's got Tom Hopper in it. Oh, bless Tom Hopper. He's Dickon from uh, Game of Thrones. And he plays the guy with the big arm in um, Umbrella Academy. I've not watched Umbrella Academy, but I've just seen pictures of him. And he's in the 11th hour. He's the guy who's got the laptop, and uh, the doctor's like, oh, you need to get out more. Um, Oh, and doesn't it also have the wife from One Foot in the Grave? And, uh, you know... And Olivia Coleman. Everyone's in it. Um. (laughs) Uh, This is the thing with Doctor Who. Like, there's people in them, and you're like, oh, they went on to be so and so in that other thing. Um,. It's, like, I I was very reticent about Matt Smith taking over. Because, like, A, I was barely coping with David Tennant being my age. uh, Because it's like, well, Doctor Who is an old man. Um, He can't be my age. And then, uh, you know, (laughs) Matt Smith's, like, 10 years younger than me. uh, And I'm like, what? No! This isn't a thing. Um, But, oh, my Lord, was it a thing. He's so good. Uh, Matt says, as an introduction to a new Doctor, it couldn't be much better, especially the gorgeous scenes between him and Amelia. Amy and Rory seem like a lot of fun. This is going to be fantastic. I mean, this is the least problematic version of uh, Stephen Moffat's bizarre obsession with... Uh, Meeting someone as a child And then meeting them as an adult Uh, It is Because the Doctor is so childlike That the fish fingers and custard scene Is still one of the most glorious moments in the show Like it is hilarious And stupid and funny And you know Just is that kind of Stuff you do as a kid that you go Yeah 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 this is uh, edible Um (laughs) What am I talking about I still do that as an adult (laughs) Like, what can I put inside this dip? Um, I'm seriously turning into Oliver Putnam from <laughs> Only Murders in the Building. Martin Short's character. Because I have stopped eating solid food. Um, it's like I'm preparing. <laughs> I'm preparing to only eat mushed up things. But yeah, I've eaten nothing but dips for about two weeks. Yeah. Um, with various things stuck in them. Uh, like, if it's vaguely edible, I'll put it in a dip and I'll eat it. Like a cheese and bacon bowl? Sure, I'll put that in a dip. Uh, yeah, I've got a problem. Can you tell that my fiancé is in another country and has been for the last three weeks? Yeah, no. My diet has gone out the window. Uh, anyway, uh, the 11th hour is, as, as Kim said in her um, top ten as well last week, amazing and fun and brilliant. And it's just... You know, it's Stephen Moffat basically going, oh, yeah, no, I can do this. I can be a showrunner. I'm going to start off big because, like, it also, like, it was, you know, the show had gone to um, uh, high definition during one of the specials uh, in the last year. But it still, like, had, you know, that kind of videotapey look. Yeah. Um, they do this thing with videotape where they remove a frame so it looks filmic, but it still kind of looked like it was shot on videotape. Whereas this, like it felt like the cinematography had gone up a notch. Like it was a very different looking show from the 11th hour onwards. Um, you know, there was the crack in the wall, which, you know, if I, if you told me that they wouldn't resolve this storyline for another seven years, I... Probably would have been annoyed, um, as I was when it happened. Uh, but <laughs> it just, oh yeah, it was a lot. I mean, that, how weird that now you look back at this and you go, that's Olivia Coleman. She's won an Oscar and she's got four lines. Um, mostly she's in a coma. <laughs> Anyway, uh, glorious. Um, Onto the beast below, Uh, Matt says, this is the stuff, big, bold story ideas, this time with the human race having decamped to a spaceship designed to save them. Starship UK may sound a little uh, right wing, I suppose. Uh, And when we discover the true background to it, it'd be difficult not to think of it as as clearly a conservative party idea. (laughs) Complete with scary clowns. (laughs) I mean, that does sound exactly like the kind of thing um, (laughs) that the the British government might do. Like, it's, you know, it's Brexit 2.0, isn't it? Let's do a proper Brexit on the back of a space whale. Um, Speaking of space whales... Pat Mills, who wrote the Star Beast, uh, that that episode is based on, he did have an idea for a thing called the Space Whale that he pitched to the TV production around that time that the uh, the the Star Beast comic came out. Like I think it was earmarked for a a Colin Baker episode. It did get made into a lost story. Like it got developed quite far. Um he's been writing about this in uh he's got a Substack Pat, Pat Mills. Uh he created like slain the and nemesis a whole bunch of amazing kind of seminal uh 2000 AD uh comic book stories. I mean he kind of was the original editor of 2000 AD. Um but yeah, so the Space Whale thing was, you know, there in the dim dark past of uh <laughs> of Doctor Who. Um but uh yeah, uh it on a space whale. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> I know it was years before Brexit, but I guess it must have been in the air at the time. Um Matt says, think about it all too much, and it doesn't really stand up to scrutiny story-wise, but it provides Amy with an opportunity to prove herself as a companion and for Matt Smith to continue to work his way into our hearts as another incredible doctor. Oh yeah, his fury and the nobody talks to me today. Oh, amazing. Um, just incredible oh I love it uh, Victory of the Daleks uh, Matt says following the established best way to start a series contemporary earth spacey future earth based historical we find ourselves again in World War 2 someone needs to write a book about Doctor Who in World War 2 uh, <laughs> the Ironside Dalek is fantastic very humanised in an evil of the Daleks way but it all falls apart with the arrival of Teletubby Daleks oh the colourful Daleks I mean who signed off on these Asylum of the daleks managed to make them more acceptable with a more muted and metallic color scheme but here they're reduced to the most terrifying and vicious alien race in the universe into some cheap plastic toys hard not to see this as a favor to character options really character options who make the um the doctor who action figures yeah it does feel a bit um (laughs) here are some toys uh please enjoy them. Um, you know, one thing I do find uh, kind of fascinating about these Daleks is just how quickly they were sent out into the world as dollies as toys. Tw- I mean, you know, the <laughs> the spray bottle that we used on Huvians was, in fact, one of these Daleks, a blue one, which... Uh, here's a confession. That was actually mine, um, and it was a bubble bath. <laughs> it was a, someone once bought me a Dalek bubble bath. I'm like, awesome! Uh, like, I know they redesigned them because Karen Gillan was so tall. Uh, so the first Dalek had been designed so that Billy Piper could look it in the eye stalk, uh and they could do scenes together eye to eye. Um, and this one was made for Karen Gillan to be able to look in the eye. Uh, but yeah, I think it's... I mean, it's also weird that they start with the old school Dalek, even though it's been sprayed khaki um, to fit into the war thing. And then they all spit them out. I mean, look... That aside, Jammy Dodger, amazing. I mean, we have done this episode, haven't we, in this podcast? Um, I can't remember what we've done or what we haven't done anymore. Uh, it's, we're nearly up to episode 800. Count me some slack. Uh, but, yeah, I, like there's some stuff in this that I enjoy. I kind of like the the Space Spitfires. Like I kind of find them adorable. Um, and, yeah, the, the redesigned... Uh Daleks are probably, you know, not the best. I would I wouldn't mind them coming back. I did I did like the stone one. I thought that was good. Um anyway. Oh, this is fun. I love going through these. Thank you, Matt. Uh, we'll continue the Matt Smith series uh in the next episode. Oh my god, we're getting angels again.